Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I'm your host, Ajay, and this is Win and Forks, a weekly Twilight podcast where two 20-something lesbians ruin everything you love about the international best-selling series by Stephanie Meyer. Thanks for tuning in. What up, Taylor? What is up? Not much. <laughs> did you do this last minute like I did? Because it was a crazy week for you? It was a crazy week. I read one of the chapters last week because I, I read them before we were switching to the two chapter format. So I was a little ahead of the game, which was very convenient for me. Nice. Nice. And it didn't hurt. These were like my favorite chapters of ever. Of course it was because you got what you've always wanted. Is that my fave? Yeah. Love to see it. Love to see it. I was happy for you. And I've got Thank a little you. treat for you. So don't worry. Ooh. Yeah. I got just a little treat for you. For all your uh, patience during this trying time. Oh God, <laughs> reading these it. books. <laughs> it has been testing me in, in many ways. These chapters, though, were not so bad. Um, which... Like, I didn't have really hardly any notes, like, where I was like, oh, I can't stand Edward like I usually do. Um, Yeah, he was more tolerable. Right. I was like, can we just have this the entire time? But I know we're not. So I was like, I'm just going to enjoy it while it lasts. That's that's a good way to look at it. Don't don't set your expectations too high. Yeah, I'm not. Enjoy it while you still can. I'm still not shipping. I don't think I'll ever ship. So yeah, yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Win and Forks, y'all. I'm Ajay, pronoun she/her, and I am Team Bella, Team Wolfpack. What up? And I'm and I'm Taylor, pronouns she/her. I'm Team Colon Family with an emphasis in Esme. Hence, why I like these chapters so much. Exactly, exactly. Fifteen was my most favorite out of the two, just because I of agree. the way we get into it. Because <laughs> I love 100%. Bella so much in this. So it's like, as soon as she wakes up, um, Edward joked about her hair looking like a haystack. Yeah, not only does he say, hey, your hair looks like a haystack, he goes out of his way to say he likes it, which confirms my theory that Edward Cullen is a horse boy. Okay, maybe. I feel like he's a little too mm, uptight for that, but maybe. I could see it. He gives me, he gives me massive horse boy energy. Like, he's hyper-focused on one specific topic. Okay, he's got that down. Horse boy self-loathing, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was pretty funny. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Bella verbalizes that she thought that she dreamed Edward being in a room, and he goes, she's not that creative. And I'm like, that's a basic dream, dude. Like, she doesn't have to, like, do mental gymnastics to just dream you up. Like, that's so, why did he say that? Yeah that's a lazy dream like dreaming about somebody have a crush on in your room like that's that's the most basic dream you could ever dream Bella notices that he changed clothes and Edward jokes about having done so like so that the neighbors don't see and I'm like that makes no sense because no one should know that you're there hello Charlie is the police chief no one should yeah have seen you like what are you talking about like what people are gonna talk in this small town like there's no way a neighbor would see him coming out and not immediately 
call seven people and have it get back to Charlie by 10.30 a.m. Yeah, I'm like, um, okay. We get the first verbal I love you from Bella. Like, they say it, like, in sentences, but it's never outright I love you. Um, But it's only after Edward points out that she said it in her sleep. And again, I'm at the point where I'm like, we still have not gotten a formal ask to be in a relationship, but go off, I guess. Like, they give, like, I mean, I guess if they were, this could read as they're not really into labels, but like Edward is extremely into labels. I mean, think of how this series goes. Like he's extremely into labels and titles. Like, why haven't you asked her? You're supposed to be the one who's like the gentleman, the one that's from fucking 1901. And you have not formally asked this girl out. Like what is going on? Yeah. It's like he's from the days of like courting and like he's doing everything very old fashioned. Yeah, he really is. And I love the fact that she says I love you and he says so dramatically, which is one of my favorite lines from the films, you are my life now. It's like not even an I love you too. It's like you're my entire existence. I would be so pissed. I'm sorry. Like if I said I love you and you didn't say it back to me. You like I don't you care my life now? something else I'd be like oh absolutely not I would like literally want to die I'd say get some help okay all <laughs> I needed was a kissy emoji I don't need you laying down your life for me like <laughs> send me an emoji that you love me back and that that will be fine just love you too kissy that's all we need right I'm just like what the fuck and then Edward says that, oh, like, you should eat breakfast. And then she grabs her neck and starts choking, which is the best thing about this chapter. Hands down. Like, give her, my, a, give her an Oscar. That was such a funny moment to me, too. She, I love how she's just, like, playing along with it at this point. I was like, that's queen shit right there. Like, he's, like, worried that she's going to be scared. And she's already making jokes on day two of knowing. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> No, it's so funny. And he, she's like, oh, and you said I can't act. I was like, bitch, I love you. Why are you the it's best? It's so good. She yeah. had so many good, like, lines of these chapters, too. Because he, yeah. this is the chapter where he says, hey, come meet my family. And I love how her immediate response is, like, in her head. I doubt there were any etiquette books that detailed how to dress. When your vampire sweetheart takes you home to meet his vampire family. I <laughs> such a funny line I just like her reaction killed me she had some good one-liners um in this chapter for sure yeah she is nervous about it but it's not in the way Edward wants her to be nervous and again I'm like why are we still on this why why are we still circling back to this like she's told how many times do you have to ask I feel like we should probably start a count at this point because I'm tired of it I see oh, it oh man like four times every chapter and I just want to see how many times he asks that stupid fucking question in the matter of like the same hour and how she gives him the exact same answer yeah it's uh it's so redundant at this point it's just like we just just accept that she's not gonna be like understand that's who she is be thankful that like oh wow I have someone who accepts me for who I am like just take it as it is don't keep trying to convince her and do something (laughs) like can we move on and then um going back to the boyfriend thing he gets mad that Bella won't tell people that he is her boyfriend even though he has never asked her to be his girlfriend like of course she's not gonna say this is my boyfriend when you haven't asked her to be your girlfriend like are you dumb 
Are you done? We're not, we're not asking for a full-blown proposal here. We're simply asking for a conversation so we know we're on the same page. And then uh, this is the chapter where Bella wears the infamous khaki skirt that Obsessed. makes Edward bonkers horny. Like the line, you look utterly indecent. It's <laughs> so amazing. It's so she funny. straight up looks Amish. Like it's very much giving youth pastor's wife. She's giving me third grader at a Catholic school. <laughs> I love it though. It's so great. I cringe when she talks about how he made her faint because he's just like touching her all weird. I'm like, okay, this is too, uh, I'm uncomfortable. You dot 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 made dot 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 me dot dot dot. Please, what? No, throw the whole book away. I, it's I'm so done. funny. It it reminds me of very like 1920s where people had like fainting couches because they passed out at every little thing. Like that's what this yeah. feels like to me. <laughs> He pulls it at her ponytail once they get out, which was cute. I'm not going to lie. Like, it wasn't like a weird, like, I'm going to, like, kill you. But it was like a cute little, like, tug on your, like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I thought that was cute, too. It was very like, just what? like, oh, they're just little high schoolers. Like, minus all of the, you know, other stuff about it. Like, that was a very cute little detail. I agreed. Yeah. Um, I want to note, so they go to the Colon house and it's so interesting how it's described so differently than it looks in the movies to me. Because yeah. they describe it in the book as this old, white, three-story house, which feels very, like, Americana, like, very old-fashioned, Victorian almost. And in the movies, it's this, like, sleek, wooden, modern house, which I find really interesting. Um, and I think that I like the modern house in the movies better, to be honest, because it, it puts, I think, more separation between them and like the rest of the town because it's very like the style is very different other than this very like blending in old white house if that makes sense but the fact that it's like all white inside and out creeps me out that feels very sterile it's giving me black mirror it's giving me get out it's giving me some creepy vibes but I want to know what you thought of the house it's giving like this goes out bad but it's definitely giving me like slave owner it's giving me, it's giving me, like, old, like, southern, uh, yeah. No, I feel you. And that's why I think the movie version works better, because it matches their personality more. It's, like, because they have these fast, sleek cars, and so I feel like the very contemporary straight lines, minimalism of the movie house, like, works better for them than this description. Um, but can we talk about the fact that Stephanie Meyer literally wrote, they smiled in welcome, but no, but made no move to approach us. What the fuck is they smiled in welcome? What? I think this is hilarious because it makes me think of aliens. Like it makes yeah. me think of they're like walking in the house and they're just like smiling creepy and like not moving or saying anything. They're just like, hello, welcome. Like it's so creepy. And it's just the way that the sentence is structured. Like what is this sentence? Who was Stephanie Meyer's editor? What is going, like, I'm just, <sighs> all right. Okay. Um, And then just like, everyone is so weird and awkward and, like doesn't know what to say which is very true to format of like meeting someone's parents for the first time and you don't know how you're gonna vibe with each other so I was like okay I, I, I can get into this it was so funny like this is the part that that really ramps it up like I love the first meeting 
with everyone in this house in this like strange environment like it's in their territory now if that makes sense like it's not just seeing them at school it's not just seeing Edward in her house she's like in like a different environment now which I think is really interesting um we have Esme yeah joy I love her she's giving me old Hollywood it's very nice to know you oh just like so wholesome she would make me feel so safe you know she's just so pure I love it and I love the fact that (laughs) the image that really killed me in this chapter was Alice fucking booking it down the stairs and Carla and Esme like freezing up and panicking they're like "Uh, I think this girl's gonna be too much for her which it turns out not to be the case Bella loves Alice as she should but just the mental image of them like freezing and like being so scared about Alice is just like sprinting down the set of stairs is so funny to me like how dysfunctional can you get no, I, I just love it so much. And then Alice kisses Bella on the cheek and is the most welcoming. You know, I expect nothing less from her soon-to-be girlfriend. That's canon. Period. Oh. Period. And then Edward makes a face at Alice for seeing something and then decides not to tell Bella. And it's like, okay, we know she saw Bella leaving him for her. And I approve of that. So Absolutely. As it should happen. Um, we also get... I, of course I'm gonna dissect every single little Esme moment because listen, if I'm gonna get crumbs I'm gonna savor the crumbs and I love like the banter between Esme and Edward like yes Edward's a piece of shit son but they're so pure I love how he's like how she tells him to like stop showing off and then um he she like makes him play something for her which I thought was so cute and I just love their little unit like you can definitely tell that Edward was like the first kid to be adopted into this family I think because they have such like an unusually close bond it almost seems like yeah I just it was, it was very cute it was very like oh you know what okay I'll allow it to this you know like, yeah. it was it very was just sweet it's so yep. domestic it's just cute and Bella says that she remembers like her mom playing the piano and how it made her happy before she took Renee's mom persona for granted and that makes me want to cry I was like no 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 like that's not fair like you didn't take anything for granted babes like she's just not good of a mom I'm sorry like it's, it has nothing to do with you yeah I I really like that line too kind of for a different reason though because I think it's such an interesting point to raise how you like kind of forget your parents have like their own lives and histories and you just like think of them as your parents if that makes sense and so I thought it was really sweet to be like oh yeah when she played the piano it triggered something in my mind and reminded me that she has like this full rich inner life just like me like she's not just my mom which I thought was cool I think that's like a really interesting detail to kind of weave into that and tells us a lot about Bella and her relationship to her mom too yeah and then we get to like the one of the what the fuck moments where uh Edward eats Bella's tear you're weird I'm done okay okay Ajay, though, this is the time that I'm gonna have to be a little smug for you. For like, okay. I'm gonna have to be a little smug about what our poll. Our poll last week, <laughs> we asked the question: One of us thinks Bella is as vanilla as they come, while the other thinks she's low key a freak. Which do you think? Feel free to comment justifying your answer. So we tweeted this out last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Vanilla AF received thirty four point four percent of the votes a little kinky tbh received 65.6 percent of the votes 
So the people have spoken and they have spoken agreeing with me. Okay, but what's so this for though? Because that's weird. That's a that's little bit That's what I'm freaky. saying. Weird and freak don't aren't aren't that's not freaky. With each other. I don't I I don't agree necessarily. I think this can you can read it as this a little out there, this a little kinky. People are into weird stuff. And this that's is like not, something that weird that you could not, be into. I don't see this as being kinky. I see this as just being bizarre. This isn't seen as sexual though. That's why I'm like, I don't I don't see how but it, it could translate into that in the future, is what I'm saying. Like this is interesting show, foreshadowing, like that it could get a little bit a little bit down and dirty in the bedroom because if he's into this just in their living room what else is he capable of what else is she capable of that's what I'm saying there's little seeds planted where I'm like that's a flag for me this like I said this doesn't read as me being like freakies I don't really care but this just reads as like those people in high school that like bite each other in public it has nothing to do with it being like ooh, you know and then more of so of them just being like weird I don't know. I think that there's enough of these <laughs> moments woven throughout that there's a lot of overlap in the Venn diagram. That's all I'm going to say. I just do. <laughs> just, it just reads <laughs> that way to me. Um, he ate a tear, baby. He ate a tear. <laughs> you know. Um, Rosalie and Emmett aren't there, but it's said that Rosalie is jealous of Bella being a human, which is so sad. Um, and- it is sad. I just, uh, I want better for Rosalie. Truly, I do. And then I read um, a post the other day. Okay. I want to say it was on Twilight Renaissance's Instagram, perhaps. But it, it was so true. And it made me think of, of this conversation. Because Rosalie really doesn't do shit in the movies. And that is so frustrating. She does so much cool stuff that we, like, reference in the books. Like, saving Emmett from the bear. And, like killing her fiance which we see you know little glimmers of that in the movie but she doesn't do much which is such a shame like she could have so much potential I think that's obviously a problem we've talked about for most of the characters but damn we really should have gotten her doing more things especially in the films and like being able to see that like we should have delved deeper into that because she's so interesting and layered yeah and it's because Stephanie Meyer is blonde phobic and it's like she just wants to sprinkle in parts of Rosalie's personality but have it contribute nothing to the plot unless it's like her being disapproving of her main character and it's like I hate that I hate when we pit bad bitches against each other you know like That's the thing and she accidentally created so many interesting characters and they didn't do anything like I don't think she necessarily cares that much about these characters like Rosalie Esme like Alice but like they're so interesting if you read their facts and be like wow that's fascinating but like we should have gotten more of it (laughs) we should have expanded you had so much to work with that you didn't do anything with instead we got some tear eating (laughs) you got some snacking on some tears and then Edward talks about how Alice saw another vision of like visitors stopping by and how he plans on being super protective, but that he just didn't want her to think that he was naturally a tyrant. And I was like, oh no, wherever will we get that idea? That's just completely left field. I would never. Yeah, definitely no. Definitely yeah. out of left field. Um, 
I also just really want to delve deeper into Carlisle's backstory because I forgot how batshit crazy it is. Yeah, all her backstories are like dead ass crazy. Carlisle has lived not just like 10 lifetimes, he has lived like 7,000 lifetimes in the time that he has been on Earth. So essentially, let's break it down here. He was 23 years old when he was turned. And his father was a pastor who was on the hunt for witches, werewolves, and vampires, which we love that irony. Um, after he was turned, Carlisle found, like, true vampires who attacked him and others that followed behind them. And Carlisle was eventually left in the street to die. And he was like, oh, man, like a mob led by my dad is gonna, you know, kill me, hate me. So where does he hide? He finds a cellar and buries himself in rotten potatoes for three days and becomes a vampire. And that's how his story starts. That's insane. That's absolute balls to the wall. It's crazy. No, and I think that's so interesting. The fact that he actually found these, these, like, creatures and that, like, he still stuck to this, like, philosophy of, like, you can interpret that as a lot of people back then thought like just being able to read meant you were a witch or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like certain things that obviously don't confirm witchcrafters, like the supernatural that could be real. But the fact that he like actually experienced it, for example, I grew up Baptist and like, obviously it's like when you die, you go to heaven or you go to hell, Right. Like mm-hmm. there is a, there really isn't any talk of like the supernatural, like vampires and all that other stuff. There's like witchcraft as in like you're practicing like Wicca and things like that, but it's nothing like active power kind of situation. Like you don't, we don't like believe in like the immoral and all that other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's interesting because it's like, if I were to turn into a vampire, I would just be questioning my entire belief system. I'd be like, why was I believing in this thing that I've never seen when they, it didn't even teach me about this. It would make me feel like I was kind of like bamboozled, but the fact that he actually just kind of like stuck to the beliefs that he had like throughout. Yeah. Like, interesting to me. I'm like, I would, I would be questioning everything. I'd be like, why was I believing in this in the first place? Like, why? That is a really good point. And I think that we kind of even get that continued throughout the next chapter, obviously, because we get delved deeper into Carlisle's like history. But I think you're right. I think that is really interesting. And he's a really fascinating character because he's kind of the head, I guess, of this, you know, particular family unit. And he has lived for so long, experienced so many different things. And it's interesting. It's really interesting to delve in. So I'm glad that we do get this next chapter and getting to kind of get more history. And I do want to point out, I think it's really pure that Edward asked him to tell the story. And he's like, sorry, son, I got to go to the hospital. But I think that's cute. It's very like, Edward feels his his like 17 year old age in these chapters if that makes sense. He's very much it feels like he very much is stuck in that time but they also celebrate their actual ages. So it's like yeah. you can't how do you have both? You can't be 17 but also be like, "Oh, I'm 367." Right. It's 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 really interesting. There's like that weird dichotomy there. And that's why I like am so fascinated. Like that's what that's why I think the family element draws me to this story and why I like come back to it because it is so layered like they have been living for hundreds and hundreds of years but they still treat each other like these different 
parts of their family like oh she's younger and he's older and like I don't know it's just really interesting to me and I I really like it and they it seems like they get what they need from each other if that makes sense like you know Esme wants children because like that her son was like part of her backstory so like that's a thing and then Edward's you know parents died and so he kind of wants to get parents in a way and so they like kind of found each other and like made it happen which is pure like I love that I love that part of it we go more into Carlisle's story in this one where it's like talking about how he didn't like being a vampire so he tried to unalive himself many times but there was just like no way to do that I say unalive because apparently that's a thing that's been happening on TikTok like they won't say the the d word they'll just say unalive and I like that unalive (laughs) okay I love it I love it gets the same point across um and then without thinking one day he just like saw this herd of deer and attacked them and that's how he came to his vegetarian philosophy and then he started to feel a lot better about himself and he swam to France which a lot of people I guess did during this time um to study medicine and that's when he decided to become a doctor and then you know like Edward's telling this whole entire story which is kind of interesting and in the middle of all this Bella just freaks out that vampires don't need to breathe which is funny because if they don't need to sleep and they don't need to eat and they don't need to shit why are you surprised that they don't need to breathe I like, love yeah. that though because that it feels that feels accurate like that feels like something I would do where someone's like telling me something with all these like crazy outlandish ideas and then there's like one detail that I get caught on and harp on you've seen it I've done that on this podcast before <laughs> I think it's so funny just like wait whoa 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 I get swimming I get medicine I get being a vegetarian vampire but you guys don't have to breathe like I think that's amazing no it is really really funny and I'm just like okay Bella I guess I and then we get once again you've done it the past two times so it's my turn to bring this up um Edward says oh I'm just waiting you know until I tell you something it's gonna be too much for you and you're gonna leave listen if you've done if you've gotten this far I think that you're safe I I think that you're fine like she's heard a lot you can't get much wilder than this she's not gonna leave if we gotten this far already you literally said I wanted to fucking murder you and she was like cool all right like do you want to make out I think you're fine does that make her smart no but I think you're fine at this point like I honestly wish she just would be like yeah I am gonna leave to buy just just to like fuck with him because I'm tired of it (laughs) like but then that's also kind of leaning on like a little bit of like emotional manipulation and I don't want her to stoop to his level you know what I mean no yeah I just but I so want it to happen just once so he can shut the fuck up I'm tired of it you know I'm tired of digging holes grandpa well that's too damn bad thank you so much I was like this is gonna be so embarrassing if she doesn't finish the quote but you you got me I should trust you from now on you um it's kind of (laughs) back to Carlisle it took him 200 years to perfect his self-control which I mean that checks out like probably would be very difficult um and we talk about Italy a little bit where he found more vampire whoa I just pronounced that weird vampires (laughs) Vampires. (laughs) 
<laughs> in Italy for a few decades with men named Marcus, Caius, and Era, which, ooh, interesting. They might come back a little bit. They might. Perhaps. Yeah. We don't know. And I just am obsessed with the fact that they tried to make him be like a normal vampire and he tried to like be make them be reformed vampires. And I just like am picturing this like being the most hilarious peer pressure ever. Like you see these um infomercials about like teen drinking and like vaping and it's like don't give in to peer pressure say no to drugs and they're like just eat the human Carla like it's fine and he's like no I'm saying no to eating human flesh <laughs> like it just kills me he got he started to like get lonely and that's when he decided to start the family and the first was Edward and then yes Edward rebelled against, rebelled against Carlisle for 10 years and hunted humans that were also considered monsters, which I actually think is interesting. Me too. Um, I love I love that because I think that raises a lot of questions too. And I remember one of the lines I actually did like from Edward was him saying like, um, I wish I had written down the exact line, but it's something like, I thought that I would, um, I thought that by doing this, I wouldn't have the depression that comes with having a conscience because I'm like doing something good. I'm keeping other people from being hurt yeah these people because I know what they're planning to do it's like it's for the greater good but like is it because they're still taking a life so I actually think that's a really interesting sort of philosophy he had and reaction he had and like raises some really interesting moral questions I think it's almost like the trolley problem like in psychology where it's Mm -hmm. very layered and like there's a lot of gray area which I mean of course I wish we would have gotten more of that but we just have some tear eating instead of digging into the philosophy but what's new Stephanie if you really want to write another book write a guide to parenting a 17-year-old vampire because I would read that. I want to know how they handle it. Yeah. And then every from every book that's sold, like 25% of it needs to go to the Pulley tribe. I love it. We we should be her uh, managers. <laughs> oh, she'd probably hate me. She um, no, hate she'd hate us fine. both because we're lesbians. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm also black. So, <laughs> well, she would hate us. She once again says you're not scaring me. I'm not afraid of you. Adios. But you know what? I think that maybe she should be afraid because he has one leather couch in his room and that gives me serial killer vibes. That, that gives you serial killer vibes and nothing else in the past like 16 chapters. I mean, I'm digging deep. I'm digging in like one leather couch. Like that's kind of creepy interior decor. And, And also a little kinky. (laughs) <laughs> one leather couch that screams 50 shades to me mm-hmm. I guess I'll have to listen to you I'm not experienced at all I just be talking shit <laughs> I just I just I just be shit. reading too deep into everything but we love that and then he does like the, another like stupid fucking fear tactic with just like a few sprinkles of horny and she's Weird. like um okay like uh, it's so yeah fun. and then I'm, I'm just like I'm so annoyed. Like he was doing fine. It's just like these five instances where he keeps pulling the same shit. And it's yeah. like, you are already too late. Like you keep digging in deeper. Like if you were doing all this shit before she said, I love you, before you told her she was, you were a vampire, before she met your fucking parents, like I would be like, okay, like you said last week, just give her like the full effective everything but like bro like why are you still doing this shit like he's too insecure for me and he's annoying like Bella I guess is really just built different because I'd be like okay I can't do this anymore 
Yeah, it's a lot. I'd be like, I'm not leaving because you're scary. I'm leaving because you're annoying. So (laughs) like, I can't deal with this every day. And it's, it's like, so it gives me what you were talking about earlier, like weird high school couple, like biting each other in the cafeteria vibes. Yeah. Where he flips her. So she's like sitting on his lap, which is so weird. And then I love, it's like comedic gold where Jasper comes in and his expression is described as being a trifle shocked. <laughs> like, just the picture. Right, like, what the fuck is that? I don't know, but I love the picture of him just on his lap and Jasper just, like, eyes wide. Like, what is going on? It's very funny. Alice goes, it sounded like you were having Bella for lunch and we wanted to see if you would share. I fucking love her. I love so her. So funny. I love that line. And I love how it kind of, like, shows that her and Bella's sense of humor is, like, similar because it, it like kind of parallels the breakfast joke of her like clutching her neck which is hilarious yeah um and I just wanted to point out a pretty gay line Ooh, where Bella describes Alice bounding to the door in a fashion that would break any ballerina's heart like I'm sorry boo but that is not hetero behavior to say something like that no very much very much not um, absolutely not and then Alice and Jasper ask if everyone's to join the family in a game of baseball. Oh, the American pastime. The American pastime. Hell yes. And you know what's coming next. And it's the most iconic scene in cinematic history. Yeah, we're finally getting some, like, action. Um, yes. We have a beginning for the past, like, 17 chapters. Again, further proof that this is not a supernatural story. No. It's Certainly. not. Like all this shit we've been doing please but I really loved this interaction a lot it was like a cute way to end a chapter it was these were good two chapters these are my by far my favorites that we've had so far Taylor it's time for our twilight fun fact of the week and I told you I had a surprise for you so gosh this week's twilight fun fact is Esme oriented Oh, hell yes. Okay. So, Esme was born Esme Ann Platt, and she was born in 1895 in Columbus, Ohio, where she lived on a farm. She had a very happy childhood. She was playful and mischievous as a teenager and often got in trouble. She originally planned to move west to become a school teacher, but her parents pressured her to stay and get married. Oh my gosh, yes. Where is my... Esme Colin, teacher Agu. This is a must. That's true. It's a must for you. Must read. Aw, we love that. We love that. We also share a middle name, which I love. Love for Do us. you? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that. Mine's with an E though, and I think hers is not with an E, right? Um, I think it is. Hold on. Oh. No, it is. Yeah. <gasps> Aw. Wow. I love that for us. Thank you. Thank you. You know I got you. You know I got you. All right. So, are you ready to play another round of Sekouth or Stephanie? I might be. <laughs> I'm scared. I didn't do well last week, so I'm nervous. I'm scared. <laughs> okay. I lay on the floor in a pool of my own blood. Despite feeling breathless, I can hear gasps leaving my throat, each one sounding like I'm choking on glass. And by the pain erupting in my throat, I believe it to be as possible to be, it might be possible that I am. There's a warmth in my spine, pressing against me like a heated blanket. Yet despite the intense warmth I feel, my feet are frozen cold, and I have long since stopped feeling them. 
above me, Ooh. the lights flicker warningly, almost like they're beckoning me towards their domain, where they stare at me, almost with gentle smiles that provoke me into jumping into their grasp. This feels safe to me. You're right. Am I right? Okay, because I, okay, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you why. The heated blanket line, like, just felt not Stephanie Meyer-esque, mm. and the lights were really good description, and so I, it obviously didn't feel Stephanie Meyer-esque. <laughs> yeah, no, this is from Heartthrob, which is an Edward Cullen fic. Ooh, I like it. I liked those a lot, those descriptions. Yeah. Beautiful. Fun. We had a little bit of a breather this episode, where it wasn't like, a screaming for an hour. Rancing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. It was good. It's a good one. Um, I wish it could be like this forever, but it, alas, will not. Well, we'll play <laughs> baseball next week, and that'll be fun, I'm sure. And then it'll go downhill from there. But after, but baseball will be a good time. Yeah, we'll have a good a good old time. Um, so we might as well just enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but this was fun. I'm glad we were able to get your Esme content in there. Me too. It filled me. Oh my gosh. Cool. <laughs> we got to learn a lot more about Carlisle. I wasn't completely yeah. anti-Edward these chapters. He just got on my nerves a little bit. I would say it was a success. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I liked these. This is a fun episode. Yeah. Next week, I challenge you to challenge me to save Guther Stephanie. I feel okay. Like I want to see if I can I do that. I think I am. I'm going to try to trick you. Okay, perfect. I'm here for it. That'd be great. <laughs> um, but all right, y'all, that's our episode. We'll see you next week. And remember, when in Forks, meet the bloody meet parents. the bloody parents. <laughs> Did you get it? I got it. I loved it. Because Carlisle's from London. And they're very meet the bloody parents. <laughs> yes. If you're from England, I'm so sorry. I just said that. Yeah, I'm um. so sorry. That was probably not. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.